0: In this realm. There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father he love us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light You're perfect among us, but in the dark we are light Thank you Jesus I love you, help me spread with the news If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth.
1: This is Matt and Mom Live. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant. This show is about the topical, the conversational, but most importantly, the purposeful. We hope to develop and distribute hope to the broken. We pray that this show blesses you today. Alright, we're back at it again. This is Matt and Mom Live. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant. We welcome you to today's show. Merry Christmas from Matt and Mom. And over the past several weeks, we've touched on the issues of holidays and how to navigate them, especially when there's grief or there's loss or there's discouragement or there's a wayward child who's not going to be joining you at the Christmas tree or a division in a marriage, all types of circumstances really can, we can talk about and everybody's pain is different. But I remember one line you wrote in your book, mom titled slammed was the fact that pain is pain is pain and you can't diminish somebody else's pain because you don't know how they're feeling it, nor do you know the level at which they're feeling it. So everybody's different. Some people's pain may be more magnified or publicized, um, for example, my pain um, and, and the effects and the consequences that come with that. Um, some people's pain is more internalized, and you can see it on them, but you really don't know at the level they're going through it. Yet that holiday, that Christmas, is something that is almost. What it, like what can we say? What what's the best analogy to explain? You're in it. You're in the midst. Yet Christmas is supposed to be a time of celebration. Yet it's not. What can we say?
2: Well. Can I read from this column that I wrote, which I think will actually describe some of that? Yeah. I remember I mentioned it last show that I had found an old column that I had written shortly after John died about Christmas. Actually, it was the Christmas following John's death. It was not a month later. I mean, weeks later. It was the following year. So just some excerpts from this that I have on my Facebook page also. But it says Christmas 2005 would change all of my traditional thinking of Christmas. You see, that year Jesus himself visited my home. And then I talk about the death of John. There's something surreal that happens to a person's mind and body when they receive the shock that someone has suddenly died. There's no perfect time of the year for that news, especially not Christmas. It is the one holiday that honors a birth, a birth that has promised peace on earth, goodwill towards men. It is the one season where daily life virtually stops its busy routine and adopts an exciting pace of endless get-togethers, gift-givings, and religious celebrations. Christmas has always had a certain look and feel, warm and cozy with joyful anticipation. Ten days before Christmas, state troopers entered my home to deliver the news of my oldest son's death. To this day, there remains in my mind the vivid contrast between two worlds that collided at that very moment, where I was standing: the brightly decorated house, radiating Christmas cheer, and a thick shroud of smothering fog that enveloped my spirit. The look and spirit had changed dramatically. I go on say other things, but here's some interesting things: how I describe what happens when you experience such grief. During the holidays, but how when Christ ministers, how different things change. So without any fanfare, without any ringing of the bells or carols, caroling, there in the midst of confusion, fear, and anxiety, Christ appeared. He was the first one I fell to into prayer with my friends at my side. In the agonizing days and nights that followed, I focused solely on his purposes and how the events around me fit into a bigger picture, an internal picture. Picture, I learned his comfort in the darkness and how he hears and soothes the groanings of our hearts. I saw his face in the people who took over the details of planning a funeral. I had never seen his face this clearly when I'd been planning my Christmas menu. I felt his touch in the numerous acts of mercy and compassion I knew his leading in my life when I discovered my son's journal. I had read it previously, but now his written words were all that were left. My son's writings became personal, precious, and significant, as I realized, as I had never before, the precious and personal significance of Christ's written word. The only soothing sounds to my soul that Christmas were affirmations from others that Christ lives and that my son was at peace in heaven with him, experiencing the best of all celebrations. To my amazement, it dawned on me that everyone who entered my house that Christmas was focused on the true meaning of Christmas, the person of Christ. Because guess what? It was the most natural conversation for the occasion. Wow. Yeah, that was written in 2007. Because Giant died in 2005, which was December five yeah. so
1: 2006 started, so I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's...
2: Oh, yeah, so it would be 2006 right before 2007. Yeah, it was a year later.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: But, I mean, it's funny because, again, that's so fresh. And anybody that's going through something, you know, you're trying, you're still refiguring. You have this whole new normal that happens after any tragedy. Right. You have a new normal in your life.
1: Right i I think I don't know if I read it or wrote it, but I talk about I wrote it, I wrote it, I wrote it um death being the greatest magnifier of life, and specifically the death of a loved one, but m- mainly how close it was to Christmas, how it magnified the true life, and that's Jesus, Jesus' true life, as you said, you saw him in the midst in the people who were helping or serving or counseling or comforting. And it came to life for you. And you said your hope was that the people that entered our house in that holiday season, that Christmas, would understand the true meaning of why we're coming together and celebrating in the first place. And I think it does get drowned out year after year because evidence of the holiday closing is January 1st. Everybody's decorations are being packed up, and we do that with the Spirit. The Spirit of Christmas is the Spirit of Christ, and it's living, and it's not contained in a month of December. Right. And I think I'm guilty of packing up the cross, the, the manger, and all that is supposed to represent Jesus in the boxes, in the basement, in the attics, and we carry on with life in the new year, and there's nothing new about us. And it, it, that, that's the saddest part. That there's nothing new about us in the new year when we, when we live to pack him up. So hopefully you can unpack the true meaning of life this holiday this christmas when you remember that the babe of bethlehem was the creator was god in the flesh the gifts that are below your christmas tree they represent the gift that god gave us in jesus that star that's on the top of your tree that represents the star of david that led the wise men the wise men who came to see this this prophecy fulfilled that they knew the messiah was was coming and the religious folk who were only a couple miles away didn't care enough to go check it out themselves. And how close, I say, is the Christmas spirit to touching you? Yet because we only see the lights and we only see the the hustle and bustle of the season, we miss the true meaning of it. And, you know, if you're out there and you're saying, well, Christmas is a pagan holiday. I mean, I can argue and debate that with you too and, and tell you the true meaning of the, the birth of Christmas. Um, but as the Christian, as the Christ-centered individual, we can bring God into every season, whether it's Halloween or whether it's Christmas. And I think it really goes back to understanding who you are and through this Christmas, mom, can we give them more practical insights or advice on, you wake up, you know, you wake up, you're, it's Christmas Eve, and you have to plan for a holiday Um, party, a get-together, or you have to go somewhere?
2: Well, I, you know, it's not black and white. There's no clear-cut answers for this. I truly want this show to focus in on those who are grieving something in their life. And um, usually, as we said, that will begin a new normal for you. So I think as that new normal begins, you need to create a new normal. And that means through reliance and prayer on God Almighty, you need to say – Maybe this hurts too much, and I need to do something different. So, well, I'll tell you some things during the holidays. There's nothing better that when you're hurting is to go out and help people who are hurting, whether that be at a food bank. I know for us, one year we did the Atlantic City rescue mission. What a it just takes your mind right off everything when you're seeing families who are lining up to have something to eat that day who look like they don't have. A coat on their back other than what someone picked out of the trash can right so i think or if there's people that you know in your church even that you can comfort them and by because your discomfort may be so strong that in comforting you will be unleashing some of your own discomfort so i think that's really important so
1: are we telling our listeners they have to get up and do something
2: Well, there's some people that won't have the energy to get up and do something. So I say don't do the same... You don't have to do the same thing. So if that means limiting what you're doing for the year... For instance, I always used to have an open house prior to John dying every year, and it was a big open house. Ever since 2005, I haven't. Zero. Now, you'd say, that's a lot of years going by. You know what? It doesn't even feel right for me anymore. And maybe it's because it was so centered around everybody being here and then the loss became so significant so now what i do is we do different things we go to different people's houses i think that you do what you're able to don't take somebody else's own and think well i have to do what they said i should do you know sometimes it's just enough to get up and take care of yourself right you know there's so many projects at christmas you know in fact we're working on that stocking Another situation that happened out of a crisis, Um, our friend April Lasser, dear friend of mine, lost her son at the age of 12, didn't know what to do with his stocking, began to fill it for one little boy at the time, and now it has mushroomed into hundreds of families. Well, you know what, Matt? It's right before Christmas now. Everywhere you go, there's, there's all kinds of outreach that you can do. Maybe it's just to go out and buy something for somebody else that, is needy or that has had a crisis in their life. I don't know. Do you have a thought?
1: No. Um, my Obviously, my holidays and my experience and perspective is a little different. Um, wasn't going through, well, other than losing John, but I still think that uh, I was 21 when John passed away at 28, and I like to just really, in hindsight, remember where I was as a young man, and I honestly thought John was better off like from the beginning. I don't know if you remember. I just was like, all right, he died. He was... Saved, he's going to heaven. Okay, I want to follow him. Like I want to be there. And I remember, I remember missing him. But I remember saying, no, he. And that's where my faith was. And obviously, I was getting back into the worldly things at that time. So I was uh, like that wave being tossed to and fro. Mm -hmm. But I still had a foundation of faith. So being in the situation that I found myself in as a 24 year old young man, being responsible for the death of somebody else, and then finding myself incarcerated, my holidays were as as is. I could not get up and go to a food bank. Well, right, exactly. I woke up in a prison cell, essentially. And I had to figure out how, as the holiday was approaching, as people are even more somber, more discouraged than ever before because you hear them talking about having kids and they can't be there for that. And I'm sure that was a greater oh. stressor yes. as a, for a father to be in there. Um, but then again, I used to say, well, you can't do nothing about it either way. Whether you have 100 kids or I have zero kids, you still can't do anything about it. So why think about it? Why put yourself there when it's going to cause you to be so much more bitter? Depressed. Depressed. Why not? And what I did was I carried on as if the day was normal because it was in prison. They gave you a holiday meal, um, which really wasn't that good. But I remember just getting through those days like saying, all right, it's just another day. Let me take advantage of this time. And knowing the next day would come and everybody was back to normal in their life. So my new normal – was just carrying on through the day to be thankful for where I was. Right. So just handling
2: it as a day. As is. Unfortunately, though, Matt, on the outside, it's not just a day. This. Look, well, that's
1: why I can't offer insights into going yeah. through holidays. I, my my perspective is entirely different. So, I'm in a situation that was you can't change it. You can't get up right. and leave. You can't get up to the phone and just make a phone call. Everything's restrained, restricted, and limited.
2: Well, again, I would say, too, because we're on the outside, because the Christmas season starts right after Thanksgiving, sometimes even before Thanksgiving, people get all, you know, hyped up. It's on TV. It's everywhere you turn, quote, the Christmas season, which is really just advertisement for material things. But for someone that is in a hopeless situation that, and I think you really said a good point, basically, what if they can't do anything? Right. Then... I'm talking to the listeners that may know someone in that situation. Then it behooves us, it's incumbent upon us to have our spiritual radar on and maybe do something for them, you know, show up at that person's house. I know a mom right now. I'm going to try to be in touch with her. Um, I've been asked to, and I haven't been able to get in touch with her. She lost her only child, a five-year-old, recently through an illness. Totally unexpected. She is drowning, Matt. Literally, her posts on Facebook are, she's a single mother. Mm. That little girl was her world. And so it's it's Christmas season. What can we do to help someone like that? Now, I know there's a church that she goes to, and so they're ministering through the Word of God. But, you know, sometimes it's just being there for people like that. All
1: right, don't say it. Don't say it. Right. Go on.
2: I think it's. I, I think there's two ends of this discussion. There's those that are in grief right now that are listening in and saying, how do I do it? How do I do it? And then there's those of us that have been through stuff or maybe have never experienced a, a severe trauma, but we need to say, well, what can I do? How can I reach out? Who's out there that might need my hand or my life preserver? And and we need to do something. Um, one of the, a lot of the things that Dad and I did was... We changed our environment because when you are in the home where there was loss, mm-hmm. just the present, the, I can't even explain it. When I say there's a felt like a fog, it did feel like a thickness. Dad and I would often choose to go away for the day. And you know what? The minute we hit our street, that cloud would begin to choke me again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I would almost dread walking in my house. But guess what? When we were away in a different environment, it wasn't as heavy right so there's things you can do in that way maybe get out of your house if if sure go somewhere you know if there's a family member switch it up and it doesn't have to be a big giant christmas celebration but go somewhere else
1: sure i bet the scenery changing and you're not familiar with it could give a different sense um a sense of reality maybe and And I remember you guys talking about that, having to kind of get away to feel different. And we read it. It was was called the new norm. You have to find your new norm um, because it's not normal anymore. That person's gone or that thing's there that you're struggling with. You have to find that new norm while you either, one, live on without that individual or live through that circumstance. You have to figure out a way to do it. You you essentially are going to be walking with a limp. You're not walking the way you used to. You you're the proverbial limp. It's it's noticeable. People see it on you. People you treat you according to it. They look at you. Um, but you know what? You got to walk confidently with that limp, mm-hmm. with that struggle. And you know, hopefully, you are a a believer, or that may, mom. This is the hardest thing. What if the person doesn't believe? They're the hardest people to comfort
2: absolutely because they'll be consumed there's no hope there's no hope that's right but let me just tell you i had
1: recent experience i had a call came into the church um the team leader of student ministries that the mother wanted me to speak with their daughter they felt the pastors at the church um wouldn't be able to relate to her um so they wanted me to speak to her so i'm like okay i'm thinking it's a young girl but it turns out to be um you know in her 30s and she had just went through a trying situation lost a child and um didn't know lost her job because of the loss of the child and just so much stuff was going on and here i am talking and talking how am i supposed to relate to her i'm not a mother i'm not a father and you know what i just started sharing the gospel with her i didn't know where she was in her belief systems and at the end she basically was able to cry for the first time without she said they weren't like tears of anguish she said these were like tears of joy that she heard some type of excitement in the longest of time and all i did was share with her jesus we prayed for the first time she prayed let me say verbally out loud for the first time in her entire life and i just encouraged her to find that relationship that i had and i could only share from the depth of where i was and what carried me through and i'm responsible for the death of somebody else and this was my piece and she for the first time told it tells me that is what helped her and in hindsight i said what did i do i didn't, I didn't offer anything that was expertise in that field no i shared with her jesus I think that is the most – that's the central truth that must be shared to somebody that doesn't believe or they're struggling with faith, and you have to give them the hope. The hope of life was Jesus, and now more than ever, as it is kind of hallmarked throughout America, Christmas, but if you can really center down on that baby, the birth of Jesus, and bring to light his life, maybe that is what the the spark they need to get through, but –
2: that's a great, no, that's really a great point. Again, it's it's the word of God that's alive, and really what else is there to give? When there is nothing that will really hold that person up except for the truth of hope, then we would be remiss in not doing that, you know? But listen, we were talking about death predominantly on this show, but... Again, you've stated it in one of the other shows. It does not matter what you're facing right now, whether it's a divorce, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's disappointment, someone's betrayed you, bad health, a cancer uh, diagnosis, you're out of sorts. And so what we want to say is that God is hope, and that's just not a platitude, that it's real. And if you could just embrace what God that God is there and right next to you, as Matt has said before, waiting for us to say cast my cares upon him because scripture says he cares for us and he will come through i don't know what that looks like in your life but i know what it looked like and what it felt like in my own life right and it's real
1: so real so real um encourage you today if you're listening to the show um christmas is right in front of us and Maybe this is the gift that you can give someone and it doesn't cost you anything. You click share on this podcast, on the Facebook, and you write a message thinking of you, praying for you, be blessed, listen in. This could be the very lifeline, the very true gift that can help salvage a soul that is in distress. And it is the power of the words. It's not our words. It's not even our faith, mom. It's the faith and the words of God. He wants to administer to us that faith, that, that idea behind hope. You have to have faith in hope. He gives us the power to just believe, and the hope comes, and then the hope rises above the circumstance. And you just have to do it for that day. And when you wake up, you do it again. And you don't look too far down the road. You don't look past it. You just try to really get through that moment. I think it's about managing the moments. And not allowing your thoughts to get the best of you. Not allowing your feelings to get the best of you. How do we manage our feelings? Well, there's a fact and it's called faith. And faith tells me that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus down here to live in the midst, to die for us, and to live within us. And you know what? You don't have to go to church to receive that. You don't have to do good works to receive that. You just have to, the Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And that is the liberating feeling of salvation. It can enter your home. We hope it does. We thank you. We remind you of Psalm 4610. It is the verse that undergirds this ministry, this podcast, and it is be still and know that God is in control. We appreciate you. Merry Christmas from Matt and Mom Live.
0: leaves it right at the cross it, Which way are you going? Yahweh, you don't know him I answer his calling Y'all people ain't knowing He breathed in my lungs And it spared me from Satan And now that I love, even my loved ones they hate Waiting, pacing, pacing for me to fall on my face But I'm falling in faith Pardon me for his grace There's a battle out there Spirit leading this ground there's a God up in heaven, there's the devil in hell. There's the mother she's crying, cause her babies are dying. And the father in jail, with a son by his side. But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us. Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross. I know where you're going, if you live in that light. no perfect among us, but in the dark we are light. Thank you Jesus, I love you, help me spread the news. You living a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth. where you coming from I've been there So I know where you going Listen, listen, listen You guys that are running the street Y'all think y'all doing something different Nah Don't you know They've been watching that block that you're on since before my time. Wow. So what makes you think that you're doing something different? You want to do something different? Put your faith in Christ.